0: In the studio this morning with the Citizens Advisory Committee for a new law enforcement center is Chip Algren. Good morning, Chip.
1: Good morning, Vanessa.
0: That forecast.
1: Oh, <laughs> Puxitani, doesn't sound good, but, but it could be worse.
0: Paxitani Phil was right, though.
1: Oh, he yeah. He said more
0: winter and we're going to get some snow, it looks it, like. It
1: looks like it. It looks like it.
0: Oh, well. Everybody be careful, though, because, you know, that wind and everything blowing, that's going to be no fun tomorrow afternoon.
1: No, I would imagine, particularly if we're getting guests up to 40 miles an hour, and speaking of uh, the wind, we just recently started putting up yard signs for our project on the, uh, the new uh, law enforcement center. And uh, I've had to go back uh, and put a couple of them back up after the wind gets hold of
0: them. I bet. Yeah, we've had some 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts, no yes, doubt. Yes, we did. No doubt. Okay, Chip, how is the process going on educating uh, folks so they're aware that this initiative is on the ballot?
1: Well, I think it's going very well. We've really started making a push on the promotion and the education of the public. Uh, I've been giving presentations. and In fact, last Monday evening, uh, the Republican Party held a Lincoln Day dinner at the Legion, and I was able to address that group, and there were about 130, 135 people attending that. And uh, I've also been uh, going to civic organizations. And, of course, uh, your radio station has a forum coming up on the 14th at the Farm Bureau, and I will be there making a presentation as well. I've been very pleased with the feedback I've been getting from people that I've spoken to, uh, not only at presentations, but out on the street. Uh, very very positive, And I think people understand the need and understand that when we have a need like this, we, that it needs to be paid for.
0: And let's talk about that pay for. So uh, let's, let's break down the financing, if you will, short term, long term. Let's kind of go through that process so people understand how this works. <clears throat>
1: Well, where we're we're at at this point, and I think most people now know, that come uh, uh, April 4th, there'll be a referendum on the ballot, and uh, the voters are being asked to approve a three-quarter percent increase in the sales tax. Uh, That equates to on $100 of of purchases that would be subject to the tax, an additional tax of $0.75 on a $100 purchase. What we're doing, though, is, uh, is the county received, it was around $3.3 million in COVID money, and they have set aside $2 million of that to go toward the project. When the referendum passes in April, we will begin collecting revenue on in January of 2024. We will then collect revenue for approximately a three-year period and combine that with the $2 million of COVID money, effectively to make a down payment, and at that point, we would issue bonds for the balance of the money that would be needed. And um, that would be a 20-year bond issue. And at that point, with the bonds being issued, we then would break, break ground and start construction.
0: Okay, so it's $2 million in COVID money, correct? Correct. And then how much money do you expect to collect from the tax?
1: Well, the tax, uh, based on projections right now, we would be uh, getting about $1 million a year.
0: Okay, and how long did you say you wanted to collect that, $1 million per year?
1: We, we want to end up with about a $5 million down payment. Okay. So I would say it's going to be at roughly about three years. So, But as soon as we can get to about $5 million for a down payment, then we would issue the bonds. And if, uh, uh, well, for example, if we, with, even with just minimal inflation, the amount of revenue coming in is going to increase as, if prices go up. So it could be a shorter period of time, but we're anticipating about three-year period.
0: Okay, and then walk us through the issuing the bonds for the balance.
1: Well, the bond issue, uh, that's done through a bonding company. And basically what, what it is, it's, it's like taking a mortgage out from a bank, only you issue bonds, people buy bonds, and uh, they receive an interest rate on it. And uh, the benefit to issuing bonds is the amount of money that the county would pay in interest would be quite a bit lower than if you were paying interest to a bank, because people will uh, get they get less money on their return, but it's it's non-taxable income, and so that way we can get a lower rate of interest.
0: Okay, what do you think in the um, the bond or mortgage, if you will? What are you expecting that that number to be?
1: Well, again, it, it, right now we're looking at a sixteen to eighteen million dollar project. Okay. And let's let's just use 18 million for an example. Okay. If we bring up, uh, if we make a five million dollar down payment, then we'd be borrowing 13 million. So a bond issue would be for that amount of money. Now the one good thing I've been hearing is that um, in talking with the people that have done the design work and the estimating, is that the price of steel has been coming down. Now that's good for us because most people can probably imagine if you're building a jail, you got a lot more steel involved in the construction than you would with a a normal building for lack of a better term and so if the price continues to come down then hopefully by the time we issue bonds it certainly is no greater than what our estimates are at this point and hopefully less
0: wouldn't it be nice if it would come down yeah because it shot up pretty considerably after the original before covid the original design
1: well before covid we were looking at a 10 to 12 million dollar project now it's 16 to eighteen million
0: and it's the same exact
1: yeah really no 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 major change in what the design was, but it's just because of the covid driven inflation that took place
0: okay so some would say um, the is the is the 18 million in stone or will that no. come down as prices continue to get priced
1: yeah no the 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 price is not carved in stone by any means uh, we have the ability up until the time that we break ground to change the design you know do any any kind of changes that 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 we want okay and also the advantage of taking two or three years uh, to build up a down payment it also gives us a two or three year period to see what the safety act how it might affect our jail population Um, for those i don't know how how many of your listeners are familiar with the safety act but it initially was to go into effect January 1, and it's what people have referred to as the no bail provisions of law. Um, the law has initially been ruled unconstitutional, it's going up in front of the Illinois Supreme Court, so we really don't know how that law is gonna shake out uh, through the court system. However, I know the sheriff and I have been watching our population for probably a couple of years now, and we don't think that it's gonna have much of an effect on our population, because the people that we have in jail uh, tend to be ones that e- uh, either are sentenced, and that's gonna continue, or they are people that have committed very serious offenses that are gonna be required to post bail anyway, or stay in jail. Um, the no bail provisions really uh, tend to affect uh, low-level low uh, criminals, and so we, we don't think it'll be much of an effect. But again, we would have a two to three year period to really to to know what's going to happen.
0: Okay, so we'd be looking at eighteen million potentially could come down as prices hopefully do continue to come yep. down in the building industry, and um, five million in what we hope to or you, you hope to collect in tax, mm-hmm. and then thirteen million would be the bond uh, borrowing yes. that would take place. And again, this is all going to be a three to five year process for a down
1: payment. That's correct.
0: Okay. Now, so you, you were state's attorney for how long?
1: I was state's attorney for 21 years. I uh, served in Warren County as a prosecutor for almost 30 years.
0: Okay. So uh, do you see more crime now it, it, since you've left? You, I mean, it, since COVID, really? Because uh, you hear that nationwide. Is that affecting us here? Will we see more people in jail?
1: I don't know that we're seeing a surge in people that go to jail, at least locally. Uh-huh. Um, our population in the jail seems to be pretty consistent from okay. what I've seen in the past. But, again, the, the population numbers are up and down. It's not a right. straight line. Um, I've seen times when we may only have around 10 to 12 people in jail. I've seen other times it's been up close to 40. So. Okay.
0: Hence, my, the reason I'm asking is you're looking at a uh, – please remind me how big the, the law enforcement center would be.
1: Well, we would have 60 beds. Okay. <clears throat> um the, the general population would be kept in that 60-bed portion of the jail. There's a couple of isolation cells that would be in addition to that. But people need to keep in mind that of when I say 60-bed, there's actually 30 cells. There's two people could be housed in each cell. And uh, so there would be 30 cell blocks. The other thing, too, is that we have different blocks or pods within that where you have maybe a half dozen uh, cells in each pod. And that's because the Department of Corrections requires that all inmates are classified. Then you have to separate them depending on classification.
0: Okay. And how did you guys determine that the 30 cells or 60 beds were needed?
1: Well, the county had a study prepared, gosh, it's been uh, three four years ago, by a company called Bellwether, who looked at our population and projected into the future, I think it was about 30 years of what our needs would be. And then so they, would, they had projected numbers of inmates on average that we would keep. And then we worked with that number in conjunction with the separation requirements of the Department of Corrections to get to the number.
0: Do, will you have a um, separation for females and males in this new facility? Oh, yes,
1: yes. Yeah, because right now um, we're not permitted to keep females in our jail So they go to Mercer County, and we're paying Mercer County a daily fee for each uh, female inmate that we send there.
0: Okay. Okay. What else do you want people to know as you continue the process of educating citizens about the potential new law enforcement center, uh, which is on the ballot April 4th?
1: Yes. Well, I think one thing that people need to understand is that if we do not pass this referendum, that our jail is going to be closed at some point. And it's not a question of if it's going to close, it's just when. And uh, when that happens, there's going to be kind of a domino effect. We're going to lose jobs in the community because we no longer will have correctional officers. So now we're looking at a 10 to 12 uh, jobs that will be lost. We will have to send all of our inmates to other counties to be housed. That's going to dramatically increase transportation costs. And also... Once we close the jail, we don't have any bargaining power as far as a daily fee that's being charged. Uh, to give you an example, right now, uh, Mercer County, I believe we're paying them $42 a day per inmate to house them. But they're getting close to $75 a day housing federal inmates. So you could have the Mercer County sheriff say, Warren County, I now want $75 a day, not 42 Or a sheriff could say, I don't want to take your uh, inmates any longer now where do we go we have other counties in the area that i can tell you would not take our inmates or at least not the numbers that we would have Mm -hmm. so do we end up going to peoria county and now you're just the cost is just getting out of hand and the other thing that a lot of people don't consider too is that we have deputies and investigators that have to use the current building for for law enforcement purposes well they've got horrible working conditions themselves so if we don't do anything, then we still haven't solved that problem. So it's it's uh, something that really needs to be done. I mean, we're looking at a, half the building's 150 years old. The other half's 108 years old. And uh, it, it's just it's worn out. We've got to do something.
0: And is this project led by the county board, technically?
1: Well, yes, because the county board has to make the... Uh, approve whatever is done okay however when they created the citizen advisory committee in 2019 there were 21 people on that committee I chaired the committee and the county board gave us the the duty of finding answers to this problem so what I've been discussing today and and in the past uh, these were recommendations that that, uh, came through this group this committee and all of our recommendations were adopted by the county board. So these are the citizens of Warren County that came up with what we needed to do. It's not just the county board, sure. although they have the ultimate final say. And actually, I should say it's the voters that have the ultimate final say. They do. Because it's on the ballot, and if the voters don't agree with it, then it, it, it's not going to happen.
0: Would you say one of the challenges that the, the your committee and the county board faces with the upcoming ballot initiative is a lack of voters in the past for this this type of election? Well, non-presidential, I should say.
1: Yeah. Uh, typically this type of election does not have that big a voter turnout. And uh, the problem that sometimes that can create would be that people that say are in favor of the project and uh, if they don't get out and vote, then it doesn't maybe the project doesn't pass mm-hmm. because of that. So I certainly would encourage everyone to get out and vote. And just because you think that maybe it's going to pass and you're in favor of it, don't don't leave it to somebody else to make the decision. Get out there and vote.
0: Rand- and early
1: voting has started, so y- people yes. can go to the courthouse right now and vote if they want to.
0: I was just going to say, Randy Reynolds was here with us, um, and she was able to share with us the voting numbers. Um, uh, I think it was 2021 20, was 1,000, uh, 2022, 20, 2,000, something like that. Um, it, so it was interesting, the number of voters. Uh, we were down with yep. the number of voters. Don't know if the pandemic had something to do with that or what, but but either way, it's a new year, new election. Yeah. And like you said, there's other things on the, the ballot, too. We've got school board, um, county board, I believe. There's, there's all kinds of different things on there.
1: Oh, yeah. There are a number of different things uh, other than just the referendum that are on the ballot. And, uh, you know, people should... Take a look at it. I know that uh, uh, there are sample ballots that are available to be read, that have been published. People can take a look at it. And uh, you're, you're right, there's school board and people need to be interested and, and uh, get involved in that kind of thing.
0: Okay. Chip, thanks for the information.
1: Okay. Well, I'll thank s- you very much.
0: I'll see you on March the 14th. We will be hosting the Educational Forum with some more information about the uh, ballot initiative. That's coming up at noon at the Farm Bureau Building on March 14th. Have a great day, Chip.
1: You too. Thank you, Vanessa.
0: Chip Algren with us on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.